Hello, my name is Dwayne. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Uh, today is April the 2nd, 2021, and we are going to do session two of our study through the book of Galatians. So if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open them up to uh, Galatians and chapter number one, and we will continue our study there. Uh, we are, I've entitled the study Galatians Rightly Divided. And as we mentioned the other day, Galatians, no doubt, uh, that the Apostle Paul uh, penned this book. Um, he penned it, I believe, shortly after the council uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, the council in Jerusalem happened in Acts chapter 15, around 46 AD. And this book could have been written as early as 47 AD. Uh, 47 to 50 AD, uh, but uh, I believe the earlier writing of the book. And remember that Galatia was a region. It wasn't a town. Uh, it is located in what we call today uh, modern-day Turkey. Um, and this would have been written after his first missionary journey and the council at Jerusalem. Um, so, Again, the, the book has to be viewed the same way we viewed the book of Acts and our Acts study uh, through the dispensational lens. If it's not, it's not going to make sense and it's going to contradict. Um, verse number one, we mentioned Paul an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now notice the after, most of that verse is parenthetical which means it's in parentheses, Paul an apostle. And then he goes on to say, not of men, but by Jesus Christ. Um, and the fact that he says, not of men, neither by man, means that there were apostles that were of men and by men. And some of those apostles included Matthias, Barnabas, and James. Uh, they were not chosen during Christ's earthly ministry. And none of these men are numbered with the twelve. Uh, or were called directly by Jesus uh, during his earthly ministry, at least. So Paul's calling was unique in that he was called by Jesus after his earthly ministry. And of course, that happened on uh, the, uh, the, uh, the road to Damascus in Acts chapter number nine, when Jesus asked him, uh, why dost thou persecutest me? Um, so uh, Paul says, I'm not an apostle by men of, of, or of men. In other words, my calling is the same as the 12, but different. The 12, I think it is uh, interesting that the 12's calling came by earth, came by Jesus during his earthly ministry because the house of Israel has earthly promises. And Paul's calling came by Jesus in heaven uh, as the apostle to the Gentiles, which would become the body of Christ, made up of Jew and Gentile, that's all there is today, is the body of Christ, which has a heavenly calling. So I find that interesting. Then verse number two, and all the brethren that are with me unto the churches of Galatia. So all the brethren, we're not sure. We know in Acts chapter number 15, if indeed this is an early writing, uh, that Barsabas and Silas was with him at that time. And then notice it's written to the churches at Galatia. Galatia. Uh, this is the only epistle that is not written to one particular church or to a singular church. It's written to 
all of the churches that make up the region of Galatia. Uh, and then, then verse number three, grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. So this phrase is the beginning of all of Paul's epistles, uh, which is another argument against him writing the book of Hebrews. Um, notice grace and peace. Uh, this was uniquely Paul's. Um, on the other hand, the, the 12, their message was repent and be baptized. Uh, Paul's was grace and peace. And of course, you've probably heard the expression, without grace, there is no peace. <laughs> um, but this was uh, Paul's unique um, intro into his letters. It always occurs in the first couple of verses. And now we break ground in verse number four, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God our Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So notice, who gave himself for our sins. The crucifixion of our Lord delivered both Jew and Gentile. Uh, it was also required uh, for the offering of both the kingdom and the grace gospel. The crucifixion had to have taken place for both. Christ had to have been crucified to offer the kingdom. Uh, in the in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the message is repent and be baptized for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's close, it's near. Uh, but it could not have been legitimately offered until after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And we see that in Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews 9 and verse number uh, 15, for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament. So in other words, the New Testament could not be established until after um, the transgressions or a means was made for the transgressions that were committed under the First Testament uh, to, be, um, to be done away with. Um, so that couldn't have happened prior to the crucifixion. So for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Uh, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. So in order for a New Testament to begin, or a testament to begin, there must be the death of a testator. So, you know, our Bibles has this little blank page between Malachi and Matthew called the New Testament, but that's wrong. Uh, the New Testament, sure, it was to be offered, but it didn't happen. Matter of fact, I contend we are not in it to this day. It was rejected. We are not a New Testament church <laughs> because the, the, the covenants, the word testament covenants, the same. Uh, the covenants are for the Jews, not for the Gentiles, not for the body of Christ. So to call ourselves a covenant people, uh, and I've seen just as you, New Testament Baptist Church or New Testament or Covenant Fellowship, it's it's a misunderstanding, uh, a misinterpretation of the New Testament, of the words of Christ, of what happened 
during Christ's earthly ministry. The New Testament was rejected. Uh, we are not living under the new covenant. Um, number one, Jew nor Gentile is living under the new covenant. It was rejected. It couldn't have been offered until after his crucifixion when, when, when the sins that were committed under the first one could have been forgiven, but it was rejected. Uh, and it was offered in Acts chapter number two uh, by Peter, who was given the keys. Um, and he preached and offered it to the nation of Israel, and they rejected it. Um, and then notice it says in verse 16, for where a testament is, there, there must of necessity be the death of the testator. So, of course, Jesus was the testator. Uh, we don't read last will and testaments until after the person is dead. Why? Because a testament is a force only after men are dead. I, my, my wife and I have a last will and testament, but it's not in force until after we're gone. Uh, my children or those that are written in that last will and testament, they can't uh, enforce that now because it will not become a force until after we are gone. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all why the testator liveth. So as long as I'm alive, the last will and testament has no strength. Um, as long as Jesus was alive, it had no strength. He had to die. Um, so Jesus had to die for both Jew and Gentile. He had to die to offer the new covenant to the nation of Israel. And, he hid, and by his death, burial, and resurrection, so too, we who are in the body of Christ are offered salvation. I um, encourage you to take a look at my study on uh, Romans 11, Rightly Divided, Successions, where I deal with some of that. So, so the crucifixion of our Lord delivered both Jew and Gentile. It was required, for he gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. And of course, 1 John 2, 2, he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Of course, John was writing to Jews, and he is telling them, the ones that had embraced the kingdom message, uh, that Jesus is the perpetuation for our sins, the Jewish nation's sins, but not for ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. In First uh, John 4.10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then also 1 Corinthians chapter 15, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. So Christ had to die. Um, it had to happen so that uh, our sins could be covered or forgiven. Notice that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to his will. This deliverance for the church will be realized at the rapture. Why? Because we are not appointed to wrath. The body of Christ will not go through the tribulation period. And anybody that believes that the body of Christ will go through the tribulation period, 
again, does not understand the whole purpose of Daniel's 70th week. We have nothing to do with the 490 years of prophecy that Daniel delivered in Daniel chapter number 9. We are merely a side note. That is, Daniel prayed his prayer, well, what about us? You know, you've told us about Babylon and Medo-Persia and Greece and Rome, and you've even, you know, went off into the future and talked about the ten toes and your your return, but what about us? He told him all that in the statues and Nebuchadnezzar's vision and the beast. And Daniel says in chapter number nine, what about us? What about your people? So Daniel chapter nine, the 490 years, has everything to do with the nation of Israel. And anyone that doesn't see or sees the church as participants in Daniel's 70th week, in my opinion, is bad hermeneutics. They're not interpreting um, the Bible correctly. The church will be delivered because we are not appointed. And make no mistake, the tribulation period is a time of God's wrath that's going to be poured out. Uh, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, the last trump will sound. The dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. Um, also, 1 Thessalonians four thirteen. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those that are asleep, that, that ye sorrow not even as others who have no hope, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them that sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise and we who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians 5, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So when Paul tells the Galatians here that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to his will, I believe that He's pointing to the rapture when God will be through. The times of the Gentiles will come to conclusion and God will start focusing on Daniel's 70th week. Remember, Daniel's 490 years uh, stopped, um, not so much at the crucifixion, but at the rejection of the kingdom offer. Uh, and and understand, as we talked about in the book of Acts, um, what coulda, woulda, shoulda happened was Christ came. He preached the kingdom of God is at hand. He was crucified according to the scriptures. And when he rose from the dead, he legitimately offered the kingdom through Peter to the nation of Israel. Had the nation of Israel accepted the preaching of Peter repented and was baptized as they were asked to, they would have went into Daniel's 70th week. The clock never would have stopped. And this is what got me going down this road a few years ago. What if, when I first started going down this road, I asked the question, what if they hadn't crucified Jesus? Well, we'd be in a world of hurt if they hadn't crucified Jesus. 
Jesus had to be crucified so that the sins that they committed under the Old Testament could be forgiven so that he could bring in the New Testament. So Jesus had to be crucified. Uh, it was in God's will. It was in his sovereignty that it happened. So that's not the question. The question is, what if they had repented at the preaching of Peter? Nah, there's the question. Then Daniel's 70th week would have rolled out. And that's what 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the book of Revelation, that's what all the books are preparing the nation for the tribulation period that they fully expected would happen upon the repentance of the nation. But they didn't repent. So therefore, um, the kingdom was postponed. God raised up the Apostle Paul to take the gospel of grace to the Gentiles. But one day soon, the rapture will happen, the, cry, the church will be removed, and God will again begin dealing with the nation of Israel. And Daniel's 70th week has everything to do with the nation of Israel. And the quicker we understand that, I believe the, 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 the more sense the New Testament makes. The only books in the New Testament that are written to the body of Christ are written by Paul, period. None of the other apostles address the Gentile body of Christ. None of them. When Peter wrote, he wasn't talking to you. When James wrote, he wasn't talking to you. When John wrote, he wasn't talking to you. He was talking to the nation of Israel. If you were to pull out all of the Pauline epistles, just pull them out of the New Testament and deal with nothing but the writings of the, of the apostles, you would have exactly what could have, would have, should have happened, but didn't because they rejected uh, the king and the kingdom at Pentecost and thereafter. So the tribulation is for the nation of Israel. It is not for you and me. And then in verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed for him that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. So notice he says, ye are so soon removed from him that called you. So the question is, who is him that called them? Who is the him in this verse? Um, some say that it is God. Um, if you look in the, in the New American Standard, and we go back to Galatians verse number six, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him. Notice they've applied that to deity, the New American Standard. But the King James says, I marvel that ye are so, you are, ye are so soon removed from him, not deity. So which one is it? Is the hymn God? Or is the hymn possibly Paul himself? Because Paul is the one that preached the gospel of grace to the Galatians. So who's the hymn? Um, the Greek simply says the one. I marvel that you are so soon removed from the one that called you. So which one is it? Um, I believe the context, because if you look down in verse number nine, 
As I said before, I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you've received, let him be a curse. To me, Paul is not referring to God there. He's referring to men that preach the gospel. Um, so I believe based upon verse number nine, the context dictates that it's referring to a man, most likely Paul himself, which means that he would have been speaking in the third person there. So when the verse says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel, uh, Paul is basically saying, I marvel that you are so soon removed from me that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel. Because Paul preached the grace gospel to the Galatians. Um, got just a couple more minutes here. Uh, just one other thing that I, I notice in this verse, and I'm still working my way through it. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into grace to another gospel. Um, and then verse 7, which is not another. There's a contrast happening there with those words. Um, the, the, uh, the words there um, are eos and hetero. Uh, and we can get into it a little bit later, um, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit down here, but aeos is the same of a different kind. Heteros is the, the another of a different kind. So it seems like he's, he's comparing two different Gospels. But we'll talk about that next time we get together. In the meantime, study it on your own. And uh, God bless you guys, and we'll finish verse number six and keep going in session number three when we get together again. God bless you, and I hope you're enjoying the study. And uh, remember that God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.